Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I want you to be able to make great, informed financial decisions. And so the purpose of this podcast is to give you information, to give you some facts. I'm also going to share some of my opinions on world economic affairs. This is macroeconomics, not micro, my, macro, high-level stuff. Uh, occasionally, I'll get sidetracked, and I'll... Uh, but those sidetracks have an impact on e the economy, and so they have a purpose. In addition, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and life and where I am and what I'm doing. So stay tuned, and here we go. It is Sunday, December 13th, and this is The Economy Guy. Getting this out a little bit early, but not that much. I'm not going to cover the markets because everything went sideways, sort of. You know, ignore the markets. They, uh, nothing really exciting happening there at all. I have two things to talk about today. The first is a, uh, a much more in-depth analysis of Harry Dent versus Peter Schiff and so that you can get a good idea of their differences of opinion on solving the identically same problem, which is we have too much debt, how do we get rid of it? What's the mechanism that the markets will use to get rid of them? They're coming to the same problem with two different views and have two different solutions. And isn't that interesting? Yeah, I think so. And I will wrap it up with, uh, it's that time of the year, you know, when uh, people come out guessing what's going to happen in 2021. I'm going to give you the top uh, eight things, seven things or that the people are thinking will work in for investing in 2021. This is kind of a consensus view, which is kind of scary as far as I'm concerned, because I'm a contrarian rather than a consensus person. But you need to know what the consensus is if you're going to be contrary, I think. So, that's it. Also, I'd like to tell every, all the listeners, you need to go over to Impact Radio with Christine Harvey, because I did a long, long, in-depth uh, interview with Christine on the Peter Schiff and Harry Dent debacle, and went into more depth and color than I did in this particular one. It's a, the same, same thing said a different way. So... It's good. Uh, I mean, there's lots of good wisdom in that one. So take a look at that and get to it. Uh, so let's get on with the, uh, the next thing will be my idea of that debate between Harry and Peter. In my last podcast, I talked about how to destroy the debt the huge debt that we have. Uh, it's been totaled up in the whole globe at being over $700 trillion worth of debt. And, and it's too much. It's just simply too much because it's being used non-productively right now. And uh, so deficit spending by governments is not non-productive normally. It can be a little bit productive, but it's generally non-productive. Well, since last week, I have uh, listened to a debate. The debate was between Peter Schiff 
and Harry Dent, which is kind of an interesting debate to hear. It was a two-hour debate, and they had, they agreed on the problem. The problem was too much debt. Same thing I raised last week, and they had two complete different solutions on how that debt would, debt problem would be resolved, and they were the two solutions which I presented last week. Though that was inflate away the debt, or restructure or bankrupt your way out of the debt. In other words, destroy the debt identify the bad debt and get rid of it. Those are the two ways that they talked about. So I'd like to kind of summarize the debate that they had uh, and uh, tell you, give you a little more color and depth into the into that debate because they actually presented some more information which was useful, useful and credible. So what was nice is they both agreed on many, many things and they totally disagreed on how it would play out in the future because they, uh, they represent different philosophies of life and, and investing themselves. So, inflation versus restructuring of the debt, which is another word for deflation because that's where you come. So it's either inflationary or deflationary. Interesting, have opposite things can both solve the problem. They can. Um, so let's talk about Peter Schiff. He saw a truly inflationary solution to the problem, and his his uh, he thought that that inflation would be caused by a falling U.S. dollar. He saw the U.S. dollar as being a major problem, and when the U.S. dollar fell because it's unsustainable, went as soon as all the other people outside of the United States who are buying U.S. dollars or buying U.S. debt no longer want to because it's just fiat money that's being printed and printed and printed, and we are printing like a the printing press has gone crazy here in the United States. The uh, They won't buy it anymore, and what will happen is they may even start selling some dollars. They won't be buying it. That will force the dollar index down. The dollar index is the value of the dollar against other currencies. What that means is the dollar will be worth less against other currencies. And in a world economy where we are, where we import and export, if our currency is deflated, gone, gone down, actually our export market will boom because everything's so darn cheap. And our imported things will cost a lot more. And we import. We really do. I mean, consider China. Everything's made in China, isn't it? Well, all of those goods will be a higher price, and that will be inflationary. He sees the inflation caused by a devalued dollar. Harry Dent, on the other hand, believes that we will be have a deflation, and it will be caused by a market crash. And that market crash will happen in the next four months. I mentioned that in the last podcast last week. That is his prediction. So he sees a market crash coming, and that market crash will be the creation of deflation. And he thinks that crash will be permanent. That crash will continue to crash over a two-year period. But it'll be an initial big crash of at least 40% of the value of the market going down. So let's talk about the two things, inflation and deflation. And how easy is this thing? 
an inflationary solution is very, very appealing to politicians and to the Federal Reserve. It's a very easy choice for them because you know, politicians are only looking to the next election. Federal Reserve doesn't want to get blamed for a market crash. That's one of the reasons they're pumping money into the current market to keep it up. So both of those groups of people who would be the people making the decision on how, how to solve this problem would tend from a human nature viewpoint want to have inflation as the solution. It's just less painful. It just happens. It takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. Deflation, the opposite. If you have a market crash, it's overnight. I mean, that market crash will happen within a day, two, three, within a week, you'll have the 40% gone. And when you have 40% of all the stock market gone, for example, and other things would crash too, gold would go down, um, people will be very unhappy very quickly. So it happens much faster in a deflationary market. And so it's extremely painful during a deflationary market. Let's go back to the inflationary. And, it, for, and this is a, a story, this is really, is can you relate to this? It depends on your age. Do you remember the 1970s? We had, the United States had, an inflationary period in the 1970s. That was under the Carter era. And uh, prices started going up, uh, and after that, wages started to go up because people who were working demanded to have more money because everything costs more money. So we went from a price inflation to a wage inflation. When you're in a wage inflation, my experience was, and then things really start going fast. Well, that was really bad because what happened is the inflation was very high, and but the value of things continued to go up. Houses continued to appreciate. And, and other assets continued to appreciate, but at a less lesser percentage pace than inflation was. So in reality, you were losing money all the time. Your, your buying power of your money, even if your money was in assets and they were inflating, was not good. And it was a very painful time. I remember having it feel like a very, in, very, very in, uh, hard time. Uh, inflation hit about 20%. 20%. I mean, imagine, we can't hardly get to 2%. It was 20% then. And that was, that really, really hurt. But the point I wanted to make is that buying power of your dollars, of your money, of all your assets, the buying power of all that was actually declining with time. That's what was really going on then. So let's talk about the two scenarios and let's talk about the trigger which would cause each of those scenarios to kick off. Things that you can look for, you the listener. What could happen? Start with the inflationary. Uh, inflationary solution, this is the Peter Schiff solution. The trigger would be a fall in the US dollar. And that's against other currencies. So you can see that, That's uh, you can actually see that, that index, you can get it, it's published in real time. And you would, uh, so the fall in the U.S. dollar, you can also be looking for an increase in inflation. That's like the CPI. There's other inflation indicators other than the Consumer Product Index, CPI. But that's something that's every month, it's 
uh, comes out. You can read about it. Uh, it, can't, it. The CPI is less than 2%. It's hard to get it past 2% right now. I think it's really like pushing uh, sand uphill. It's, it's hard to make that happen. So, but if you see the CPI hit 4 or 5%, you can bet your bottom dollar that we are getting into the inflation solution. So let's start looking. Look for the dollar index falling. Look for any inflation index going up. Those are the triggers. Those are the triggers, the long-term triggers. And then it would we would get into that inflationary period, and it would go for multiple years. In the 70s, it went for five years at least. How about deflation? The deflation solution. What's the trigger for the deflation? Uh, Harry Dent says that that will be a market crash of 40% or more, and it's going to happen in the next four months even. He's even talking about when, which is very bold. And then it'll go down for an additional two years and it'll be, the market will be down 80 to 90%. Gold will go down, everything goes down. The long-term treasuries is probably the best class of asset to be putting your money in at that time while things are going down. They'll go down too, but not as much, just a little bit compared to that. So they're the safer of the things. Uh, there'll be a lot of bankruptcies and a lot of restructuring going on during that period. So now you know the triggers. If you know what to look for, you know what in inflationary things to look for, you know the deflationary, the market crash that's happening. Watch that. Could there be other deflationary things like major bankruptcies? Yes, you could see that too. But I think that's a, just a course of life. We have a certain level of bankruptcies that are always going on. It would have to be four to five or 10 times the amount of bankruptcies now that are going on now to call it a de the deflationary crash that's happening. Well, after listening to Peter Schiff and Harry Dent for so long and listening to their arguments go back and forth and, and understanding what they understand and understanding what I understand, I actually poked a problem. I, I, I identified a problem. I poked a hole in what they were talking about. First of all, I think their two solutions are the only two solutions that can come about. So, I mean, that's not bad. Uh, being able to choose between them is hard. Uh, being able to say, hey, human nature pushes you toward the inflationary solution, and humans are the ones that will choose where we're going. But the problem was this, the P with the Peter Schiff inflationary problem. And that was, if it's like the 70s, I mean... In inflation took off. It was 20%. Well, do you know how they stopped that inflation and how we got it under control? They raised interest rates. Yes, indeed, they raised interest rates. You could pay 15, 17% uh, for a mortgage. Hey, today it's less than 3%, right? Seven, can you imagine getting a mortgage for 17? You couldn't pay it today. Okay, but yeah, you, U.S. Treasuries were close to 18% at the 30-year the at, the, at the peak. So interest rates were raised very high. Some interest rates on some items, like car loans and things, were even higher. So high interest rates means you're not buying as much, you're not pushing the economy, you are gonna stop that inflation. And that worked, it did stop the inflation, and we've been coming down in interest rates ever since. I mean, it, from the 70s to now, it's 50 years. So we. That was a real peak in, in interest. So that's a problem with Peter Schiff because guess what happens when you raise interest rates? 
the stock market crashes. We got that, what, a little, little over a year ago. We raised interest rates about one and a half percent, maybe two percent. What happened? Stock market crashed, and the Fed immediately turned on its heels and started reducing interest rates again. They did not want to cause the stock market crash. Human nature coming in. So I have come up with my own solution, and it goes along this line. There will be a debt restructuring. It's going to happen, and this is the way I think it's going to happen, possibly. This is as good a guess as Peter Schiff's or Harry Dent's, right? Human nature is going to start it off as an inflationary solution. So the inflation will start going up, asset things will go up, everybody will be happy, the stock market will continue going up, house prices will go up, gold will go up, everything goes up, right? But in, in reality, you're, the hidden mystery is that your purchasing power is getting decimated over time. You know, the, the magic of compound interest. This is negative compound interest as far as you're concerned. And then what happens? It gets, well, the, it gets kind of out of control. And the only solution to the out-of-control inflation is raise interest rates. So along comes rational people. They raise interest rates. That takes some time. It may be years down the line when they do this. Okay, what happens when they raise interest rates? Stock market crashes. Massive crash. Massive crash. What happens then? You go into the deflationary uh, Harry Dent side. Okay, and, then, and so the stock market goes way down. And all of the companies can't survive anymore, so they go bankrupt or their debt is restructured. A massive restructuring. That would take years, so another five to ten years to go on. At the end of which, the debt has been destroyed. All of the bad debt, all that money has gone to money heaven. Right? So we are starting at a lower debt and productive debt, and we then move forward into a growing great economy. That's the world that we live in. That's the way economies work out their problems. That's it. Hope you enjoyed that. Okay, so here are the things that the consensus view of what people think will be the hot items all next year, 12 months in 2021. The first one is that stocks are going to be bullish in 2021, just like they were this year, except for when the pandemic hit. So if you believe that, that's amazing. Uh, of course, this is coming from J.P. Morgan, so J.P. Morgan naturally is always bullish on stocks. So I'd add that little detail to the first one. Second, uh, overweight on non-U.S. stocks. In other words, more non-U.S. stocks than U.S. stocks. It would be a better bet most people think. Overweight on emerging markets. In other words, buy the stuff that's emerging markets. Consider the Far East, for example. Uh, short the U.S. dollar. They're thinking that the dollar will go down throughout 2021. Go long on corporate and emerging market and sovereign bonds. In other words, interest rates will go down. The value of these bonds will go up. Be long on commodities, including copper. You see, that's a play on uh, a China booming next year. So if China booms, copper will go up. They'll need a lot more copper. And all commodities. 
long on gold and Bitcoin. Uh, if you're short on the dollar, being long on gold or Bitcoin is a an alternative to shorting the dollar, which is always dangerous to short anything. So as an alternative to that, buy gold or Bitcoin. That's what they're saying. And uh, what all that means is uh, the consensus view is that next year will be inflationary. Not a bad guess, in my opinion. And, uh, and I might add, the dollar, everybody's saying it's going down. There may be a whiplash going back up in a very short-term period, fast up. Uh, as uh, Because it's you see the dollar is short, but it's depressed right now. So that's like pushing on a spring. It tends to go boing, coming back up. So that's it on the predictions for next year. Take that for what it's worth and uh, use it carefully because they're not, these are not recommendations by me. It's just passing on information to you. Again, uh, tune in to the Impact Radio, the podcast Impact Radio with Christine Harvey. And the, the particular one to listen to is it starts out saying highly speculative market could co a crash is looming. A market crash is looming. Look for that one. I think it's uh, an interesting podcast. And uh, I look forward to talking to all of you in a week. Bye now. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.